Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So get your popcorn and raisinettes. It's time for... I never saw that. That's right, we hope you got your popcorn, because we are talking about popcorn movies. It's summer. Jen, let's do some summer blockbusters. Let's. So today, when this episode actually comes out, is 4th of July, also known in the U.S. as Independence Day. It is a day when people find strength and hope and inspiration in the words of our founding fathers and the, and the um, constitutionality of our constitution, and we fight tyranny and oppression. And, and also on this day, I say, to that. Yeah, you almost had me there for a second. You're, were you scared? I was like, who is this person I'm talking to right now? I, well, it's just this movie made me so patriotic. What movie, Jen? Independence Day. Oh, you Independence already said Day. it. I mean, well, I said Independence Day. I didn't say the movie Independence Day. People are so confused to. right now. Also, one thing about our show is that there are titles. And so everyone listening already knew it was about Independence Day. So it's not like some big reveal. You know what I mean? Well, know what I'm saying? I guess. I mean, maybe they just thought it was about the day. Like we were just talking about the 4th of July's you missed while you were in Montana. Oh, my God. Oh, that's such a great idea. Too bad. <laughs> Can't do it now. Let's talk about the 4th of July as you celebrated in Montana. Did you guys do a lot of fireworks and uh-huh. <laughs> you had barbecues? <laughs> yep. Hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Potato salad. No, I don't remember even acknowledging it, which is one good thing I can say about Montana. Interesting. Because fuck this country, especially right now, but kind for of, so you many know, reasons. for always. And I, we don't have to get into that. I'm saying it now so that we don't have to get into it. It will probably come up again because it probably will. But I'm just saying fuck patriotism and loyalty to this stupid fucking country. All right. You want to talk about um, a movie called Independence Day now? (laughs) A summer blockbuster from 1996 called Independence Day. Oh, but first, can we do something else? Sure. You want me to read my first note? Nope. Hmm. You want me to do my best Judd Hirsch impression? Nope. What did I give up? You know what it is. No, I don't. See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. Jen, I have a special surprise for you today. Mm. If it's Garfield again, I'm out. It's of not here. Garfield. I was tempted. You know how the the dailies usually follow an arc. Some um, of them. Yeah, sometimes. Well, this one isn't so much an arc, but there seems to be a theme going on with Garfield right now about smiling and friendliness and happiness. Um, you said it's not Garfield. It's not, but I was tempted because there there's just a theme going on that's really weird, but it was so bad I couldn't even do it. Oh, so all that was just an intro for nothing. Yeah, so I found a different one. Um, okay. But the reason I'm excited is because this is a comic I've been looking for, but it's not available. It's not freely available on the web and easy to find for me. 
And I discovered this new thing, Jen. I know what it is. You do? Yeah. It's called the library. Oh, I thought you were going to say microfiche. Well, yeah, I went to the library. Our little our little local library, which is uh, a library that's local here. Yep, that's right. Well, it's just like I said that like I was going to keep talking, and so I felt <laughs> that I should. Okay. Repeat what you said. Yeah. Yeah. That's one way to wrap things up. It's going to be one of those episodes. Um, so, yes, I went into a physical building in the library, and I looked in a big The library cabinet. had a building within it? Okay. This isn't like Synecdoche, New York, or whatever that movie was with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I never saw it, so that's not a very good joke, if it was supposed to be a joke. And it's not in our timeline, so we can't watch it or talk about it. We'll never mention it again. Um, I went into the physical library building, and I used a machine called a microfilm or microfiche machine, and it was amazing. I haven't done that since college, which was a long time ago. It's one of those ones where, you know, you in old movies, you've probably seen them used in any sort of like mystery or, you know, detective or whatever. Or there's like a reporter tracking oh, down reporter. something. Yes. Yeah. And so they go, it's like they're sliding through old newspaper Yeah, it's articles. a big like film reel of pictures of newspaper pages. It's cool. Mm -hmm. So I did that and I found um, I got access to a comic that I've been wanting to do for a while because it's so bad. Oh. And it was always one that was in the in the comics that like the newspapers that I read, but it's not in the newspaper that I usually have access to. Are you ready for this big reveal? Uh, do I have a choice? Are you familiar with the comic BC? By Johnny Hart. Oh, yeah. Okay. BC's not that bad. BC's good. It's pretty bad. It's pretty funny. There's a lot of Christian overtones, usually. Oh, really? Yeah. That's Which kind is of funny because it's like caveman. It's a caveman thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, probably those caveman, cavemen exist, you know, existed like 3,000 years ago or whatever. People, whatever stupid people think. Right. When the dinosaurs and men were walking around together. Precisely. You know, yeah. Bible times. Before Bible times, maybe. I don't I don't know. Anyway, could we get on it with it? It doesn't make any sense. Do you think? So. Okay, yeah, we can. Okay, so we've got, I, I did look this up because I wanted to know um, who the characters were. We've got uh, three panels and two characters in this one. Super. Okay. Yeah. Um, the first panel we have uh, Peter is standing. Peter the caveman. Peter the caveman is standing with his, they... They all wear the same thing. It's like a black line around their <laughs> they're they're shaped like you know the like woman's bathroom sign. Yeah. That dress that the woman mm -hmm. is wearing. Mm -hmm. They're all shaped like that. So The people? Yeah, there's like a head with a big nose and mouth that, you know, is just a jaw, top <laughs> part of the jaw that sticks out. <laughs> um and then their bodies are triangles. Mhm. Mm and they end on the bottom with their it's like a caveman, like one strap, black strap goes over one shoulder. And oh, yeah, then just yeah, yeah. A, a black line at the bottom. It's like suspenders and a little well, loincloth. One, one suspender and a skirt, basically. Yeah, it's a loincloth. But it just looks weird because it's just, mm -hmm. it ends in just a triangle and then there's legs coming out. Yeah. Um, so Peter's standing there talking and. Hey, Micah, can I just, can I uh, just see your phone for a sec? No. Okay. Need it right now describing this comic to you and I have to see it to do that. Um, so on the left side of the panel, there's a big rock and 
carved into the rock, I'm guessing, which is also weird because these cavemen spoke English and wrote English, which uh-huh. is a little anachronistic. Um, and so is this, but uh, there's a big rock. It's kind of, you know, it's like tall and narrow and it's flat on one side and it says, carved into it, Dr. Peter, and then a line and it says, head shrinker. Okay. Next to that rock, there's a perfectly round domed rock. So it's like Lucy from Peanuts. It's like her. Yeah, kind of. You know, psychologist business or whatever she calls herself. Yeah. So next to that rock, there's this perfectly round little dome sitting there. And on on it is sitting BC. And we just see his back. BC is the main character. He's another caveman. What does BC stand for? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, before Christ is what it stood for. Right. You know. But. I don't know what it stands for in his name. I wasn't able. I looked it up and on the Wikipedia page and the like Johnny Hart um, website, it just says BC. doesn't say what his name is. I didn't didn't dig too deep, but just on a cast of characters, just says BC. So BC is sitting there facing away from us. We see his back, his knees sticking up, (laughs) like kind of on the side. Mike is acting Um, it out. (laughs) He's lifting his knee. She loves it when I do that. (laughs) Um, I just like to have some things that... You know, so you're not the only one not seeing something. The audience also doesn't get to see me act it mm, out. I appreciate that. I thought you might. I don't. I also sent this out to everyone we know before mm-hmm. we recorded the podcast yep. so they could all see it. Yep. I know. So Peter's standing there looking at him, looking at BC sitting on the rock, and he's talking and he says, your only hope for a cure is hypnosis. Second panel. This is a close up. Very close up. Okay. Yeah. And it's got a box around it. The other two don't have boxes. They're just open frames. Um, We are seeing just the back of BC's head and shoulder. And actually, I can't really say shoulder. So their bodies go from like a head and then a neck holding up the head. And then it just kind of swoops down into the triangle, like a slight little curve. There's no shoulders there. There's no way that these (laughs) toga things, not togas, but the strap is being held up by anything. It defies gravity. (laughs) Um, But we can see them just ending on their their neck body torso. It doesn't make any sense. So we just see, I would say shoulders up, but it's like neck up, these two heads. I can't believe how much people like this segment. (laughs) I cannot fucking believe it. It's important. For you to know that we're seeing just the back of BC's head. Peter says, your eyes are getting heavy. Very heavy. So heavy you can hardly even. And then between Peter and BC, we just see written plop plop. Not in a speech bubble or anything. It's a sound effect. Wait, this is the second panel? Yep. Now we're under the so third he panel. <laughs> Obviously. He got so relaxed that he just shit himself. He just pooped. So yeah, you're right. The third panel is just, there's a brown stain all over the rock. And that's it. That's the joke. <laughs> that's actually really funny. <laughs> I like this one. That would be better. <laughs> yeah, I know. Than what actually happened. Um, so the third panel, Peter is looking down at the ground. We're zoomed out again. We can see the domed rock that BC is sitting on. He's just sitting there. He hasn't said anything or reacted or moved this whole time. Peter's looking down at the ground, and at the base of where the rock is on the ground are two little orbs. His eyes were so heavy. Oh, my God. That they fell out. Oh, my God. And that's it? That's it. His eyes fell. I mean, listen, 
Peter hypnotized the fuck out of BC's eyes. Yeah, and considering that this is like a caveman comic, and you've already described how shoddily put together their bodies were at this point in time. That is a good point. It kind of makes sense that maybe the eyes, you know, hadn't evolved yet. Yeah, this is a very, this was a very specific type of caveman. This was a science. This was a, this was a science one that you shared Mm -hmm. here today with me. And their, their eye sockets hadn't evolved yet. So their eyeballs were just falling out apparently all the time. I mean, I gotta say, I kind of appreciate this one. There's a clear joke. It's silly. It's dark. I kind of like it, Micah. All right. Well, I'm glad. Glad I could share it with you. I usually like to end this segment on, you know, some kind of groan or like, I fucking hate this segment. Do you want to do like a squeal of pleasure? No. (laughs) Sure don't. (laughs) See ya in the funny paper soon. Speaking of how much people love see in the funny papers, I wanted to say this at the beginning, but I forgot. We had an exciting week over here because we got a new patron, Laura Sanner. You rule. Thank you, you already Laura. ruled, obviously. And Laura is a person who is very supportive of the podcasts she listens to because I know of lots of them that she is a fan of. I would say in particular, she's many, very supportive of Seeing the Funny Papers. Many, Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves Seeing the Funny Papers. She's the world's foremost Seeing the Funny Papers fan. Yeah, <laughs> among the throngs, I guess. Um, Even above Jen. She's like, yeah. she loves it more than Jen does. Anyway, so Laura became a patron this week. Thank you so much, Laura. And she does such a great job, too, like interacting with us on Twitter and stuff and uh, and in our Facebook group. And just we really appreciate you, Laura. And um, our friend Pat, who is also a fellow podcaster, increased his pledge. Thank you, Pat. From $2 a month to $5 a month. So we need to look at what rewards we owe Pat because I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Because it's been a long time since we, you know, started Patreon. Patreon? Patreon? Um, so I just, that was really amazing. And um, I just want to take a second to say how much we appreciate our patrons. Uh it was actually perfect timing because last week's the last two weeks episodes took me forever to <laughs> edit because we had a guest and I put in so many clips. There and, were a lot of Beavis and Butthead clips. And um, I was thinking to myself, God damn it, I wish I could get paid for this time. Um, and so just, you know, even like when people just pitch in a couple bucks, a few bucks a month, uh, it's really validating yeah. and really makes me want to make the show better and... Um, yeah, it's just really nice. So, and, and this is all I'm going to say about this. And I promise I'm not going to say this like every week or anything, but please consider becoming a patron of this show or other, some other show or artist or musician or writer that you are a fan of. If you can, I also understand if you can't, because we are currently not in a place where we can. So, um, it's okay, but I'm just saying you know, most of the entertainment that we consume, we pay for. And people put a lot of time and work into podcasts. And it's awesome that they're available for free. But it's also super cool to um, contribute a little bit financially to the entertainment that you consume. And it feels really good. And it 
makes us very excited every time that happens. And we also really love all of our other supporters who oh, of support us on Twitter and interact with us. Absolutely. And let us know that we made a mistake, you know, and <laughs> update the wiki and all those things. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We don't only appreciate you if you give us money. Uh, we love you if you listen, period. And so now we can move on to talking about this ID weird four. mess of a movie. <laughs> it was a weird mess. Here's how I felt. Actually, do you want to do our first notes just for fun? That thing that we were doing sometimes where we count down from three and then we each read the first note we wrote. First note that I took down or yes. the first note about the plot? The first note that you wrote. What do you mean? Well, because I wrote, I did some research before and wrote down some stuff. Oh, the first note you took while we watched the movie. Can you find that? Yeah, I got it. Three, two, one. Death R-E-M, Star with it's balls. the end of the world at SETI. SETI? <laughs> it's the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Oh, I REM was actually my second really? note. I said clever use of REM, but my first note was Death Star with balls uh, because that's what the flying spaceship looked like to me. Uh, Not like balls, like testicles, but just like balls on it. Balls hanging down? Not really hanging, just sort of Attached. rounded parts. Mm. It looks ball-like. Yeah, it does start with a big scene of like, kind of like the the Star Destroyer at the beginning of Star Wars, right? Coming in from the top and the taking Death up Star. the whole screen. That wasn't the Death Star? No, the Death Star is the big I know what ball, the Death Star is. Giant ball. Oh, God damn it. So we're, okay. So I said Death Star and that was completely wrong. But what I meant was the spaceship that comes into view yeah, a in Star, Star Wars. A Death Star with balls would just be a ball with balls. Now that's cool. I like to see that. I think they did that in Spaceballs. Did they really? I don't know. Oh. But they should have. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, so they're listening to the end of the... It's the end of the world as we know it, in case you didn't get that from our REM Yeah, there's a commentary. guy in like a lab monitoring radio signals from outer space. And, and we know that it is about to be the end of the world as yeah. they know it, because we saw... So clever. ...the Death Star with balls. I'm still going to call it the Death Star. Casting a shadow on the moon and getting rid of the astronaut footprints because it was shaking the moon. Oh, yeah. They flew real close to the moon. So well, they came from the moon. Remember they said it came from the moon. No, the they thought that the signal they were picking up was coming from the moon because the spaceship was like sitting behind the moon and just coming around. Yeah. Well, that start writing down all the shit I get wrong because that's one. Okay. Well, that's two, actually. So you had never seen this movie. Uh Uh-uh. I've seen this movie four times. Wow. Do you know how I know that I've seen it exactly four times? I do, but I think you should tell our listeners. Okay. So this movie was released on July 2nd, 1996. It was supposed to come out July 3rd, and it did come out worldwide July 3rd, but they released it on the 2nd in the U.S. because there was so much excitement about it. Mm -hmm. So they did an early release, um, and I... I don't remember exactly like who I went to see it with or anything, but I know it was the summer and I know what job I was working. And I know that we got off work and we went to see this movie on the second. And on July, on at the beginning of the movie, it says the title and everything, Independence Day. And then the next thing that flashes on the screen is July 2nd. Right. And a big loud noise like or something. Mm-hmm. And then later in the movie, on July 3rd, they do the same thing. Big title card, July 3rd. And then they do July 4th. So 
the release matched up with that timeline within the movie. And we saw it on the second. And then we went back and saw it on the third because it was so big and loud and crazy. And the place I was in only had a few movies that were available. And I think it was like Hunchback of Notre Dame or something else. Like I wasn't going to go see the other movies. So it was hot and we wanted to go see a movie. So we just went to see Independence Day again on the third and then again on the fourth. Mm -hmm. Because why not? Summer blockbuster, man. Yeah. I may have done it by myself. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. Did you also go see the movie, though, by yourself? Oh, funny. Check out our sex podcast. It's called I Never Saw That. Oh, but this was a huge movie at the time. No, I know. And it is a huge movie. It's a huge feeling movie. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a big summer blockbuster. It's like the beginning of the... It's probably not the very first movie, but I think it was the biggest and the best at the time of the big disaster movies. I, number one thought that the, that it was men in black basically oh god yes she kept she <laughs> I kept really saying thought, oh yeah the will smith and tommy lee jones movie i really thought tommy lee jones was going to be in this and i was a little bit disappointed until i realized that it was jeff goldblum which was way better and bill pullman yeah fucking whatever and bill pullman's <laughs> fine bill pullman's fine what else have we watched so we've watched a couple other bill pullman movies while you were sleeping casper mm, mm-hmm um, anyway, he's fine. I just, the note I took on Bill Pullman is like, he's such an overactor. And he's not really <laughs> even overacting. He's not really doing that much. It's just his facial expressions are like very, I can't think of a better word than dramatic. Mm-hmm. But, um, I want you to get the vice president, the whole cabinet, and joint chiefs and take them to a secured location. I'm staying. I don't want to add to a public hysteria that's going to cost lives. Yeah, I but can so see there that. was that. I I basically thought it was Men in Black. Um, it wasn't Men in Black. It, it was, wasn't. It wasn't. And Tommy Lee Jones is not in this movie, but there are aliens and yeah, there's Will I Smith. Yeah, I mean, come on. I'm sure people get that, make that mistake all the time. I really liked the first half of this movie, which is something that I couldn't say about. It's something I say I feel like about a lot of movies, and then for me, it just was so fucking ludicrous that it. it sort of lost me a little bit but i very i just want to say on the record i did really enjoy it for the first half so until about noon until i third you were you were down i don't know the movie does have a pretty good cast it's the the perfect like summer blockbuster ensemble cast at the time um will smith bill pullman jeff goldblum we already mentioned mary mcdonald um who was not dancing with wolves she plays the first lady Oh, she was not in Dances with Wolves. You just thought that's who that was? She was in Dances with Wolves, but she was in this movie. She was not dancing with wolves. Oh. uh, (laughs) She was the first lady. So she played an indigenous woman. No. She played a white woman who was raised by native people. She did? In Dances with Wolves? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't remember that. Anyway. Yeah, let's not talk about that movie ever again. Well, I mean, that's actually better, at least, like... Yeah, because that's all right. I was thinking is like, oh God. Um, Judd Hirsch was in Judd this Hirsch film. was so adorable he was in this great. film. He, if you don't know who he is, he's from Taxi, and so I bet that's a good reference that everybody yeah. gets. A TV <laughs> show from the nineteen fucking fifties or whatever seventies, seventies. <laughs> but seriously, that's all uh, I could think of with him in it. So when I see him, I'm just like, oh, Taxi. He was really great. He plays uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad in this. So why are you waiting? 
My social security will expire. You'll still be sitting there. Robert Loggia, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but he plays like a general. He's like a, he's like, he's like budget Gene Hackman. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jen kept saying that. Um, he's fine. Not not that he's not great, but he's not Gene Hackman, and right. he looks like Gene Hackman. He's also been in a ton of stuff. I don't see the Gene Hackman stuff as much. Maybe the hair, but um, but yeah, he's why. definitely not Gene Hackman. Um, he plays like the. I think he's part of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He's like the main general that the president's always talking to. Get me the Secretary of Defense. Then wake him. Um, Randy Quaid is in this. He's basically playing Cousin Eddie from. Christmas vacation. Disagree. With a pilot's license. Disagree. Randy he's a Quaid, drunk. He is a he's a drunk tortured and he's, drunk. He's a he was kidnapped by aliens and everything. Everyone thinks he's crazy until July second when they all show up. He has three kids. And Randy Quaid is also now in real life. Randy Quaid is like a big conspiracy theory cool. QAnon guy. He's cool. like and he has. I mean, I don't want to pile on too much. He says a bunch of terrible and out there things. Um, but he also has some, like, there's clearly some mental illness going on that's untreated. and Yeah. Um, so I don't want to pile on too much, but uh, he is basically, this character is foreshadowing a little bit of his real life future. Um, oh, what a cool guy. Brent Spiner was in this. Who the fuck is People that? People m- know him as Data from Star Trek. He was the mm, doctor, the scientist who, like, had the long hair and the glasses. Oh, Right. Wow. Uh, this, what a pleasure. <laughs> As you can imagine, they, they don't let us out much. I can understand that. <clears throat> um, yeah, I feel like I know him from something else too, but maybe not. Vivica Fox was in this. She mm-hmm. plays um, Will Smith's girlfriend. Oh, wow. um, she becomes his wife. And there's a great, interaction with her and the the first lady and she says oh what do you do for a living she says i'm a dancer and she's like oh ballet she's like no exotic what do you do for a living i'm a dancer ballet (laughs) no exotic oh sorry don't be i'm not it's good money besides my baby's worth it there's a lot of class issues yeah, they going make on. A thing out of her being a stripper. I mean, not a huge thing actually. And and um, but somebody tells Will Smith he's never going to get into the astronaut program if he marries a stripper. Right. That's Harry Connick Jr. who was next oh, on my list. Right. He didn't last long. But I will say that women in this movie only only exist as romantic interests of the heroic men. Yes. In every in every yes uh, instance, Vivica A. Fox. Uh, the Dancing with Wolves lady, and the other lady whose name I don't know, but I recognize her from other things. And she plays Jeff Goldblum's ex-wife. Yeah. yeah and they get back together. They're only there to support the men. That's it. Yep. Because I mean, the men got to fight the aliens, Jen. Oh, God. It's like... It's like it's pretty bad. And I, it's not surprising. It's very common, but it's still really fucking annoying every time. I have two more cast members we need to talk about. Um, Harvey Firestein. Yes. Was wonderful. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God, I gotta call my brother. I better call my housekeeper. I gotta call my lawyer. Ah, forget my lawyer. 
I wrote in him it? down with a little exclamation point. Harvey Firestein. He didn't last long either. No. And lastly, Mae Whitman. Mae Whitman plays like a five-year-old child in this because she probably she was. was a five-year-old yeah. child. She was so cute. Hi, honey. I am Miss you. Yes. She always is. Oh, my God. No, but yes, she well, is always cute. not in Arrested Development. Her? She's a little plain, but. I... Oh my God, I lost my mind. She was so fucking cute. Yeah, it she was, was great. She's the president's daughter. Did you say that already? That was a surprise. No. Yeah, she was really good in it too. She actually had, she probably had the most well-developed female character in the whole film. Mm. 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 I, I know, guess. I'm just being glued. I know, you are. Actually, I would say Vivica A. Fox, well, her and the other lady who worked for the president, whose name, what is her name? That actress. Can't remember. What do you um, mean? You looked up everybody except her? Now what do we do? Address the nation. There's gonna be a lot of frightened people out there. Yeah? I'm one of them. I want to push back a little bit. I think Vivica Fox actually had a pretty good role in this. She ends up saving a ton of people. So she's... Yeah. I mean, it's not a very well-developed character, but I'm just remembering now that she, like escapes so there's a the the alien ships come down and they're blowing up cities and the explosion is so big that it wipes out entire cities but it's so slow that you can run away from it and escape it um so she's <laughs> running and all these people in a traffic jam are running into a tunnel and she's the only one that just doesn't go straight through the tunnel that the explosion's right. about to shoot through she kicks a door open and jumps in and that saves her and her well, dog. And then when she comes out, she finds and a fire And her son, truck. hello. Yeah, she's carrying the son the whole her, time though. She has she a little boy who's also so fucking cute. cute. And the two kids finally talk to each other at the end and I kept waiting for that to happen. It was very cute. He was just like, are you scared? And she's like, yeah. He's like, me too. And that was it. They were both really cute kids. Yeah. You're right, though. I mean, she finds a fire she truck does, and she then drives some badass shit. Yeah, gets survivors and takes them to safety. Basically, that's true. And then she and the first lady, because the first lady was in a helicopter that crashed. Yeah, and um, is badly, badly injured. And and so they do have a conversation that's not about men. Although Vivica Fox was like, "I voted for the other guy," which was funny. Yeah, that was kind of funny. I mean, it's funny to think about. 1996 when people could say something like that casually you know what i mean yeah and and like still have a conversation with that person yeah this is one of those movies too where the president is not part of a political party that's ever mentioned right right. and there's no yep he was a fighter pilot actual like yeah and he fought in the gulf war but there's no discussion well, I, of politics i did i made the assumption when she said i voted for the other guy i was like okay so this so the president's a republican right but that's you know that's only because 90 something percent of black women vote for democrats so what are you gonna do yeah i mean that's an assumption that you're making what a stereotype of me well not of me <laughs> but what <laughs> i a, think we got it what a stereotype Okay. <laughs> anyway, the other lady is named Margaret Collin. I just looked it up. Thank and you. And she was in Unfaithful. Um, hang on. Let me find something else she's in. She's in Gossip Girl, but these are not things I've seen. Oh, she's in Veep. But I don't remember her from Veep either. Anyway, I don't know what else she's from, but I, she has a very, very familiar face. As long as we're talking about cast members whose names we don't know, there were two more I do want to mention. Two uh, sitcom dads from the 80s. 
Oh, right. The yeah. dad from Wonder Years and the dad from oh, Life yeah, Goes On. Oh, yeah, the dad from the Wonder Years. What's his name? I don't know. They're oh. both, I don't remember his name. Dan, I think, something, but I'm not sure. The um, guy from um, Life Goes On was not, he was in it like for two seconds. So was the dad from Wonder Years. No, he was in it more. He had like lines and he did stuff. Yeah, the Life Goes On guy had lines. He was given the briefing and before they go yeah, attack the aliens. I don't know. I just felt like you said, hey, that was the dad from Life Goes On. And then they showed him again for one second and then yeah. that was it. So let's just do a quick recap of the plot for people that haven't seen Independence Day. Really? It's okay. It's July 2nd, mm-hmm. and a dude listening to R.E.M. hears some alien chatter on his special alien radio. Sure. And they realize that it's coming from behind the moon, and they look, and the military sees a whole bunch of things moving toward Earth, but they aren't asteroids, and then a whole bunch of alien spaceships park above cities all around all the world major cities pretty much all major cities all over the world yeah and then on july 3rd and they're like city size yeah they're huge big like discs. 15 miles and by 15 jeff miles. goldblum is a cable like satellite engineer cable repair man or something yeah. oh no oh and that's what his dad calls him um but, but he's, he's actually like a an satellite engineer, engineer I see. Guy. okay so he decodes this transmission that are is being sent through the you the human satellite system um and he realizes it's a countdown hear me tell you that the signal hidden in the satellite feed is slowly recycling down to extinction not really countdown countdown we're gonna count down to what david uh, it's like in chess first you strategically position your pieces then when the timing's right you strike see they're positioning themselves all over the world using this one signal to synchronize their efforts in approximately six hours. The signal's going to disappear and the countdown's going to be over. And then what? Checkmate. Right. And this is where you have to just let go of what the fuck? Why? Because a satellite because guy wouldn't what figure that out? the fuck? Yeah, Micah, that's what it is. I'm. It's just like I'm. I don't like satellite guys, and they can't do anything. Yeah. No, I just. Well, actually, we're not quite at that point yet. I think. I think him intercepting a signal was actually really cool, and him decoding it and all that. Although I also think, <laughs> how is it possible that he's the only person who noticed that there was a signal? Well, and there's all these people. Well, it's all people. happening very quickly. I know, but and... there are people who've been studying this. Like this is what they do with their lives: is study like. Nobody studied this shit. thing because they just got there. This I'm is saying a super they, advanced they're civilization. studying life beyond Earth. You know, I don't know the signal. Right, I'm, but I'm that's saying... exactly why he found it because he was looking at the satellite transmissions, and they were all they were being like manipulated or manipulated something. Manipulated and used like, for, there was yep. interference, so he found it. And he also Judd Hirsch, his dad, mentions at one point that he went to MIT for eight years. Right. So he's, he's a, a real smart, smart guy. Dude. He just has no he's ambition. Jeff Goldblum. And they I talk mean, about this. He plays um, the part Jeff Goldblum plays, which is, you know, guy who figures the whole thing out yeah, by himself. Yeah. I mean, I dig it. I Jeff Goldblum I he was so hot in this movie. I'm not. I'm not always like super attracted to him. I, I, I love him, but like I he tend was to think hot. of him as a tall, skinny dude. But he was ripped. He looked in this movie. good. Yeah. So he damn. He figured out the satellite communication thing, and luckily, his ex-wife is the White House communications director. Isn't that amazing? So the one dude 
who could figure this out. The only one in the on the literal entire face of the planet. Mm-hmm. And luckily, he can also triangulate cell phone signals and call his ex-wife and force her to see him. Um, outside the right, White House, right? Just by showing up outside the White House yeah. in the middle of a of an emergency that has people like fleeing cities, fleeing, and like yeah. all roads are blocked, and somehow they pull up right, they pull right up to the White House. Yeah, it's great. And he knows that if I if we park here, I'll just wave to her, and she'll come to this window. Um, so they let them in. He warns the president, and the president's like, "Okay, we got to get the fuck out of there." They have. They have history they have a too. Stupid like, history he because fought the president because he thought she was having an affair with the president, but right. she was just working for him. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. they work through all these issues and they get on Air Force One and they fly away with well, the Micah, explosion they're at both the tail heroic of the airplane. Men, they are. They're so heroic, and they'll heroic do so men many heroic always work things. it out. You know, for the sake of the nation. It really, it's supposed to be the world, but it's the na- it's about the United fucking States and. You know, you see, you hear a little bit about Russia, you hear a little bit about some other place, but you never, we never see, like, there's never a moment where you see a city anywhere else. It's, no, but, well, it's sh- all about the United States they saving show the fucking clips day. of things, and they do show, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, but the U.S. saves the day. Like, that's yeah. the, that is the bottom line. So they, on July 3rd, they destroy all the cities, the aliens destroy all the major cities in the world. And then um, Air Force One flies to Area 51, which the president didn't know about. But they go there. He didn't know about Area 51? He didn't 50... know Area 51 existed or that... What? He'd never heard of Area 51? from Roswell. No, I, he'd heard of Area 51. Maybe, He just but... didn't know that they actually had aliens there. Yeah, but they play it in the movie as if Area 51 is a myth and it doesn't really exist. Like the place itself? Yeah. Because there's a point where Will Smith, who's a fighter pilot in the Marines, is having a dogfight with these aliens in the Grand Canyon, and he dogfight. Yeah, that's what it's called when two planes fly. I did not know that. And fight each other. Why is it called that? Dogs don't fly. They used to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of back when humans' eyes, eyeballs just fell out all the time. Before humans could fly, Mm -hmm. dogs flew, and then as soon as we got the power of flight. Dogs stopped flying because only certain a certain number of things can have the power of flight in the universe. Uh huh. It's just because it gets all uh, congested up there. Yep. 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 Got to get the dogs out of there because we're flying planes now. Right. Sorry, dogs. That's what God said. So. Yep. That's how it, it is. All right. Back to the movie. Um, Please. I don't remember where I was, but Will Smith. <laughs> they were makes having a, a dog fight in a canyon. How he saw a base back somewhere and somebody looks at a map and is like no there's no base there and he's like oh it's there i know it's there and so they end up at area 51 too will smith he doesn't shoot down the alien spaceship but he it wrecks and his plane explodes but he ejects he punches the alien in the face welcome to earth i don't know how to talk about the rest of this movie because it's really fun. It's a fun summer blockbuster. Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are both absolute fucking delights to watch on screen, as always. Will Smith is always fun. He's the only person who can deliver his one-liners, which are, you know, 
totally predictable or maybe they just seem predictable to me now because this movie's been around for like 26 years but he can deliver them and it's still funny i could have been at a barbecue so i want all that out there you know what i mean micah before i say that was the stupidest shit i've ever seen he not him punching the alien exactly but he punches an alien okay We just saw these aliens destroy every major city on Earth. They're extremely powerful, extremely dangerous. Will Smith punches one in the proverbial face because it doesn't really have a face, but he punches one. It has a face. Well, it does have a face. He punches it in the exoskeleton and knocks it out. And knocks it out. And then pulls it because he had parachuted out. He pulls the alien along with him through the desert in his parachute. Now, how did he know that that thing was not going to wake up and just fucking destroy him? Because he punched it in the face. I don't. I couldn't get past it. I was like, why in the holy fuck would you do that? That's so stupid. He was angry. It was adrenaline. He it's was all so jacked stupid. up. He was mad that the he got shot down. I mean, all his friends died, too. Yeah. All his Harry all Connick his Jr. had just died. Uh, which, by the way, as soon as he showed up, I was like, that guy's dead. He's the goose of this movie. He is. He's. There's a lot of Top Gun shit going on in this movie. A lot of Star Wars shit. And Harry Connick Jr. shows up as Will Smith's like best buddy. You know. Yeah. And he's like the guy with all this spirit and and great advice. And he's just the guy that you know is about to die. Bring it on. Bring that bad boy on, Cap. You lose. Yes, sir. Got your victory dance. Well, I got it right here. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't get premature on me, soldier. We don't light up to the fat lady sings. I'm all ears, brother. You know. Yeah, so and he, he dies. Does. Uh, the difference is Tom Cruise gets sad about Goose. Um, Harry Connick Jr. is never mentioned again or That's referenced true. at all. That's true. I didn't even think about that. He, Will Smith is very sad when he dies. Well, for that moment, he's like, Jimmy. Wait, what's his name? Was it Jimmy? Maybe. Let's go with Sounds that. Sounds right. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> And then, um, and then that's it. And then, and then he punches the it. alien, Punch and then an he's alien. all like Will Smith again. And now I'm going to walk to a military base no, I flew over. No, I mean, miles this guy walked, having no idea what this thing is capable of or when it was going to wake up. I just don't. But he doesn't walk all the way there because we see Randy Quaid, who is a drunk um, crop duster with three right. kids right. and an armada of... RVs, yeah. Driving across the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, because the freeways are all clogged up. So all these RVs are driving across the desert, and Will yeah. Smith waves them down, and he pulls up, and he basically says, like, hey, you need to take me to this military base that's not on the map. Also, can I throw this fucking alien? He doesn't even say that. We don't even your, see him. the bed of your truck. We don't even see him tell him that. He just, like, he just, like... Randy Quaid offers him a ride without knowing about the alien. And then you just see him at the place. So he gave him a ride with the fucking alien. I can't. I can't. So they pull up uh, like hundreds of RVs. They all pull up to Area 51. And there's just one little outpost with a guard there. A couple guards there standing there like, no, we can't let you in. Where's your ID? He's like, I'm with the military. They salute each other because that's how you know. That's the secret military 
Like, oh yeah, you're in the military, you know how to salute. Okay, cool. You're obviously in the military, <laughs> yeah. I'll salute you too. But then he pulls back the parachute and shows him, he's like, here's my fucking ID badge. Yeah. And then they're like, let him in, let him in, let all of them so in. So they let all let the in hundreds in. of it is very, in. It's very funny. Although you do, you know, all the major cities in the world were just destroyed, so they're probably going to let people in. probably want to give them some and, grace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think we need to go into the whole plot from here it's no. basically just you know the usa saves the day jeff goldblum but the way they do it jeff Jen, goldblum i'm not is talking the... about the virus like jeff goldblum comes up with a way to save the world he's the one dude yeah. one dude comes up with a way to kill this because entire alien species which by the way is also kind of fucked up but okay he jeff goldblum is like getting drunk because he's like fuck it we're gonna die the whole world's gonna end and he Sit, he's lying on the floor drunk and his dad comes and sees him and he's like get up you're gonna get a cold and jeff goldblum is like that's it so at oh roswell God, yes they that have, moment they have an alien spaceship <laughs> or at area 51 they have an alien spaceship from roswell that they've been repairing for 50 years and they they fix uh, yeah. it up and it can fly they fix it up and it can fly and he when his dad says you're gonna get a cold he realizes oh I could upload a virus. We can it fly was... that ship. We'll fly up to the mothership. They upload a virus. They also have a nuclear weapon that will take out the force fields that are around the ships, and then they'll be able to attack them. It was that moment that happens in every movie where Jeff Goldblum hears somebody say something and then goes, what did you say? I know, and I, then figures the whole fucking thing out, and it's a huge stretch, and it's so great. I do love how it's that's really, in every really... movie now. Even movies Jeff Goldblum's not in, they just no, put it's that always scene Jeff in. Goldblum. It's great. Yeah, they just put it in there. It's these. Yep. Uh, no, but it is. It's such a common like plot device, yeah. and it's so funny to me every time because it's such a fucking. Somebody stretch. says an unrelated word. Ooh. That's Wait, a synonym for this thing. Say? That's the solution. That's <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's believable because he went to MIT for eight years. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh God, it was so it was so great. So, I mean, it doesn't it's it doesn't it can't bother you because you know what you're watching. You know you're watching a summer blockbuster. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, I did wish that they would have spent a little more time making a plot that made any fucking sense. But at the same time, it's like. That's not the point. That's not of the this point at all. The point is Will Smith one-liners. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum yep. looking hot. Judd Hirsch making jokes. And Bill the two Pullman of them making exaggerated faces. At the end, walking out in yeah. their fucking hot ass flight suits, smoking cigars yeah. together. And I was like, how have I never seen that image? Because it's beautiful. Yeah. The two of them. Mm. So Jeff Goldblum devises this plan, and the way they tell the rest of the world about it. Because all the communications are down, all the major cities in the world are destroyed. They destroyed NORAD, which I, was a big deal in the movie, and we were both kind of like, what's that again? Um, but all the communications are down, all the military outposts are destroyed. And so they communicate with all these little cells of military assets around the world via, and I quote, old Morse code. Oh yeah, old Morse code. I think I think when they said that, what they meant was just that Morse code itself is very old, right? And but so it did come across as way. if there was like an old version of Morse code. 
And I love that there's there's a group of people sitting in front of computers. They show them several times. Mm-hmm. All these people with headphones on, sitting in front of computers. They're still communicating somehow with computers. <laughs> yeah, but then you see but them then like they telegraphing. Reach up yeah. And hit the little telegraph button mm-hmm. over and over and send out these messages around the world. Like, well, that's not how that would be. Kind of clever. Done. It's like, okay, well, maybe they can't intercept those messages or something. Right, but what are they connected to? I don't know. They're, are they using literal telegraph lines honestly... that happen to just be hung around the world still? <laughs> at that point, I honestly was beyond. It's so like, fucking dumb. I was not questioning that part at all. Is it there was like... any way to input Morse code <laughs> from a computer that we're obviously using phone lines and computer systems no, to communicate. See, no, I don't think there's a way. Somebody go dig out the old Morse code buttons, <laughs> the telegraph tappers. At that point They just in had the a movie, box of those at Area 51. What the fuck? At that point in the movie, I um, was beyond all that. I was like, yeah. I was then annoyed by the fact that it is I the whole like United States being this great power for good and military strength i mean that's ultimately this is still what it is is military propaganda that's what it is Uh, i mean i can't really see it as anything else other than yes i it's entertaining and it's supposed to be about people coming together to solve a problem which yeah the whole world comes together to fight yeah but the u.s is enemy they follow the u.s the u.s is is the pinnacle of everything and un- we have the telegraph tappers still in a box at area 51 <laughs> yeah, yeah. is yours usb it's just that the whole fucking point is that the u.s is the greatest country in the world and our military is the greatest military in the world and kids you should join the fucking greatest military in the world because you could be cool like will smith and that's what movies like this like i know they might not even be made for that purpose i'm not saying that the whoever fucking directed this thing did that intentionally but i just think well he was german so it's it's reinforcing that idea of like yeah heroic men like i said it's just all about heroic men and to be a hero you have to kill things and blow things up yeah well who else is gonna fight off an alien invasion of alien spaceships jen a bunch of kids on bmx bikes that's funny because they do yeah that's funny. Definitely not ladies. That's what I know. No, no. Can you imagine? That'd be like a can't lady imagine. cop. We've talked about that on this podcast before. No. And you can't be a you can't have a lady cop because she's always falling in love. Um, but lady I will musicians say, are always looking down at their boobs. The one part of this that did move me to the point of tears. In fact, I tears did not fall from my eyes, but my eyes did fill with tears uh, when the first lady died. Yeah, that was sad. That's it actually was really sad. Bit of a spoiler. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? No, you're not going through this whole plot. It no. is sad. Bill Pullman makes like faces about it, and Mae Whitman <laughs> says, "Is mommy?" Mom, yeah, asks if mom is sleeping. It's very sad. No, it really is genuinely sad. Uh, it's a moment. So. Anyway, she existed as the president's wife and then to die. And then the president himself also ends up flying a plane because he's a big fucking hero. And whatever, whatever, they win. They destroy all the alien spaceships, which, by the way. But who's the real hero, Jen? Jeff Goldblum is the real fucking hero. Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith go up and they do a genocide. They (laughs) they do a quick genocide up there. They slap the virus (laughs) into the mothership. You really think you can fly that thing? You really think you can do all that bullshit you just said? 
and then they launch a nuclear weapon and they fly through this ship, this huge fucking ship that's like the size of the moon. And you can see there's like a, there are cities in there. There's big, there's millions of aliens. They comment on there's millions of them. It looks like they're getting ready for an invasion. Right. And they fucking killed them all. Oh, yeah. They annihilated. Yeah. I mean. So cool. They're like locusts, they say. They're like coming to Earth oh. to annihilate all the people and take all the resources and I then move on. I love that, too, but that they still... were like, they're like, they use up all the resources and then move on. I was like, oh, like humans, you mean? Like exactly what well, we've done? they acknowledge that. And now we're that. looking at moving to the fucking moon or Mars or whatever? In the film, Jeff Goldblum is like this. He's big on recycling and he's trying to save the Earth and he doesn't have a driver's license. He rides his bike everywhere. Um and people make fun of him for that. But then when he's getting drunk, going on his bender, he's like, his dad's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm making a mess. I got to destroy the earth. I got to pollute the ozone layer and do all the fuck up the whole planet so that they'll leave it alone and they won't want it. it. Yeah, it's just a drunken moment for him. But honestly, I think the whole reason they did that with his character was just so he could have that one line that was like, you know how I always, I'm always trying to save the earth. Yep. Well, here's my chance. Yep. He tells his That's lady the whole reason. that he has to go do this. He has to do. It. He has to be the one to do it. And because he's fucking smart and the only one who gives a fuck about any about the earth. Yeah. So they do a genocide. Uh, but they do and a they quick genocide. Back, mm-hmm. But this knocks down the shields on the ships, and then the missiles can get through. They're shooting missiles, but they're out of missiles. The ships are just so big that they can't actually stop them with their God, tiny that's little right. jet yes, fighter missiles. Yes, I know missiles. who the real stupid hero is. There's one more person with one <sighs> missile left. It's Randy Quaid. It's Randy Quaid. But, but guess what? It won't launch. It not fires. It won't fire. It's armed. So he flies it straight up into the main weapon, which is the center of the spaceship, and it explodes. He sacrifices himself. He dies. And he's, he says, I'm back. He's like, they, you know, anally probed him when they abducted him. So he says something. He's like, tell my three fucking kids I love them. He didn't yeah. say it like that, but he said, tell my kids I love them. And yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking, yeah, what a fucking... I mean, granted, it is... He saved the entire human he did race, save the and entire so human race. I guess that's more important than being a dad to your three kids. Yeah. So then they but... Morse code that out to. Um... Oh wait, wait. So yeah, so Randy Quaid empties his shitter of his RV directly into the space alien ship, <laughs> Good one. and um, then they realize nice that's the weak spot. Morse code that out to everybody. Get on the telegraph. Yeah. And then they're like, we know how to destroy Alien them. Alien spaceships, then... stop. We know how to kill them, stop. Yeah, um, whatever. Yeah, and then they do. But can I, here's the thing. Here's my question. How is it a good thing to destroy these ships? Because what what happens, these are city-sized ships. There's one over right. every single city. They destroy them. And where do you think it's going to go? It would fall onto the earth and destroy and kill everyone no, anyway. No, it just it slides safely to the side of whatever that it's over what they show. That, that it was is about what to destroy. Show. And it's like, are you fuck? That was the worst part of the whole movie. To well, me. Jen, if you want to know what happened after they fell down, you could watch. I could watch the next one. The yeah. 2016 sequel that came out. It was called Independence Day Two: More Independent. No. No, it was called Independence Day Two: Men in Black. Oh, that's real funny. No, Wait, it was are, called. Did it seriously come out in 2016? Independence Day 2, fireworks and potato salad. Micah, stop being an idiot. When did the second one come out? 2016. They, You're kidding they me. They did one called Independence Day Resurgence. I did not 20 see it. 20 years later. Yeah. Was it the same cast? Any of the same cast? 
Yeah, I think most of the cast came back. I have not seen it, but I kind of want to watch it now because I do want to know what happens to all the giant spaceships that fell. Oh, they killed everybody, Micah. That's the only real... I. That's the kind of, that's the kind of like giant gaping plot hole that's really hard for me to just be like, okay, So well. you think the second Independence Day, the sequel is just July 5th and everybody's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's We a- just killed all the rest of the people on Earth. Damn it's it. like an apocalypse movie, which is what, you know, you sort of think is happening with the First Lady and Vivica Fox and those people. So, yeah, it's like that because everyone's dead. And it's just Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum smoking a cigar for two the hours. The only people who are alive are people who did not live in major cities or anywhere near them. That's the only thing that makes any fucking sense at the end of this movie. But no, instead, the U.S. is a hero. The U.S. president is a hero. The dudes are a hero. And the humans are a hero. And they killed an entire species of... Uh, granted... Did they, though, Jen? Because there's a sequel. Granted, like... Okay, yeah, I'm sure they didn't. But they killed a lot of them. Uh, this particular species was... Like, they showed up and then they did destroy cities. Like, they killed millions of people. So, okay, fine. Like... You, I don't know what other choice they had but to kill them, but it's... Mm. And they didn't want to negotiate because the U.S. sent up a helicopter yeah, with they lights tried. on it called the Welcome Wagon, and they tried to flash lights at Yeah. Yeah, it got exploded, so they gave up on that. Um, I'm just saying, I guess what my point is, is like, was that species really any worse than humans? You know what I mean? Like, probably not. Maybe that's what the sequel's about. No, it Maybe isn't. Maybe we go to a different planet and then they genocide us. Also, it made me sad that this movie is supposed to be about coming together in a crisis and like working together to solve it in spite of politics or whatever, even though politics are never even an issue in this movie. And like looking at the crisis that we've all just been going through with like a literal pandemic and how fucking stupid we are and like people didn't come together. No, we didn't come together no, at all. It just it made doesn't us more happen. divided. People don't yeah. people don't come together. And so it's really kind of fucking sad and depressing to watch a movie where it's like, yeah, that's what humans do. Yeah, it's but a no, common, they don't. like sci-fi trope. Like the aliens invade and then we all have a common enemy and we unite. But yeah. we're proving over and over again that that's not what we would no. actually do. No. We would get killed. I mean, and that would, you know, whatever. I would like to, before we wrap this up, just read my last note. Um, Are you ready? I'm ready. You're going to need to get comfortable. Okay. Okay. I'm going to just read it as I wrote it, which is like this. Women exist solely as romantic partners of heroic men. That's the thing they could expect to happen. Been giant ships are burning and falling apart like there's going to be destroyed and... Destroyed. Great patriotic American holiday spirit is for sure. Do you want to get on our podcast and just say that? And then you can go, I want to watch me with a butthead watch Paramount Plus. Oh, actually, though. (laughs) Okay. I think maybe what happened there is Siri started transcribing what you were saying. Oh, maybe. Because, like, I have no idea what that is. (laughs) What was that? At first, I thought I need to show you where the pause button is on the remote so that you can write things down and don't feel like you're always behind as things are happening. But I think 
Mm-mm, no, I, you're probably right that it was Siri, but I wow. like to think that it was me just in a nonsensical stream of consciousness. Like I lost, I just blacked out and that's what came out. <laughs> <laughs> you were just so turned on by Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum walking I mean, toward you. in that you scene with the cigars, yeah, it was pretty hot. It was very, it was very good. Oh, man. Well, that's yeah. Independence Day. I think you wrapped it up pretty well, Jen. I think that last note, and that's why I wanted to end on that, because I think, I think you know, particularly the part um, about, uh, you know, giant ships are burning and falling apart, like there's still going to be destroyed great patriotic American holiday spirit is for sure. You know, I feel like that that's part. beautiful. Really, it is beautiful. Like, I, Mike is art. crying right now. He's I am. so moved I'm by that. I'm crying star-spangled tears. <laughs> Fuck the 4th of July. Yeah, happy 4th, everybody. Go eat some, uh, like, botulism or something and have potato salad that sat out all day, mayonnaise, diarrhea. I'm trying. I'm just trying to do Jen's note. I'm going to, I don't have, I'm going to burn a flag, but I don't have a flag to burn. So I'm, lit, I'm. this is my act of rebellion, you guys. I'm going to print a picture of a flag and burn it in the campfire where we're going to be. So, you know. Resist. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> resist, I guess. That'll show them. <laughs> I guess. I guess resist if you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's it. That's all we have to say this week. And we love you and appreciate you for being here. Thanks again to our new patrons or higher patrons and always current patrons and um, to our everyone who listens and interacts with us. Man, it's so great. And we're going to do, our plan is to do more summer blockbusters for a little while. Oh, yeah, for so the month of July. So if you have a favorite summer blockbuster from the 94 years 94 to 96. to 96, then let us know and maybe we can do it. Um, we've been, we have a couple planned, but I'd like to hear from y'all if you have any favorite summer blockbusters. Technically, the the timeline is August to August. However, I we can bend the rules if it's July 1994 yeah. that works because i was gone i was not in montana yet but i was at a program previous to that oh and i know you weren't eating raisinets and watching movies in the I, local multiplex no i didn't do any of that for two years that's why we do this podcast micah um but i was gonna say i was gonna make a comment i know we're out of time and then like it's i'm not gonna talk about montana a bunch today except to say that this came out actually pretty close to my own Independence Day. When you went home from Montana. Exactly. When I was finally released, which was sometime in August, and I don't remember the actual date. But that's that's powerful. Yeah, almost as powerful as Bill Pullman saying, today is our Independence Day. Yeah, I was uh, at the end of my time at the therapeutic boarding school when this movie came out. So it's kind of crazy that I never saw it, but I really have never seen it. I think Men in Black I've seen parts of, which is probably why that's the only alien movie I had anywhere in my Smith. head. Yeah. Oh, this when movie would have been out? better with Tommy Lee Jones. I kind of disagree. I thought that at first I was like, what? There's no Tommy Lee Jones. And then it's like, oh shit, Jeff Goldblum? Mm, yes, please. Yeah. I will happily... But Tommy Lee Jones Retire can always play like a general pretty well. Yeah, he could have been. He could have slotted in there. He could have been like budget Gene Hackman, I guess. But that guy's fine. 
It's good enough. All right. So thank you so much. And uh, thanks to what's the first thing I say? Thanks to Graham McRae for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our internet stuff. Thanks to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time. See, see you in, in the, the 90s. 90s. Bitch did it!